0: Okay, we are still on our Pope's homily, the Sword of the Suffer. Last week, we covered the beginning, prayer and poverty. This week, Father Jordi suggested that we kind of... Um, skip to the end <laughs> because our Lord has been speaking to the family of love crucified a great deal about the sword so what we're going to do is we're going to focus tonight on the the ending part of the sword but it, we will continue to go back to, to the whole homily of, of our Pope
1: one thing to wrap up last um last teaching, last week, along with what we had in the Gospel today, which gives us a perspective that is very positive about poverty, which is not like we're going to end up with nothing, but we're looking for the pearl or great prize, we're looking for the treasure. Um, It's very important not to allow the devil to use this gift that God wants to give us and twist it to his purposes. And how could that be? Well, if you have a gift, what is the devil gonna do? Make you proud and make you feel, aren't you great that you have this gift? And look at so-and-so. So-and-so doesn't live the gift as you live it. And then begins the murmuring and the competition and this is fatal, fatal um, in 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 fact, we are not to allow the devil to work this kind of murmuring and competitions and 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 judgment. In um, top of that, we just do not know the truth about things, you know. Um, if you um, sacrificed and you gave up something and then you see that somebody else in the community is using that something that you sacrificed, (laughs) you know, it's very easy for you to become judgmental. You see what I'm saying? It's very normal. And we have to be careful with that because maybe that other person uh, is making big sacrifices in something else that you don't see. And in, in any case, it's not for us to judge because then we blow it all. The, the gift has to be something that we do it freely for love of God and the the community does not regulate the consumption of every person in the community. That's not for us to do. you know we we encourage spiritual simplicity and that but it will be really a disaster. It, it, it's the same thing for example can happen with the Lord giving you this desire to receive the communion in the tongue or kneeling, and you go to Mass and you start saying, these people don't kneel, or these people don't receive That's a pharisaical twist that God detests. So we have to be careful that anything that the Lord gives us, we do it with great humility, and far be from us to judge somebody who does it different, okay? That's very important, not only in the spirit of poverty, but anything in the community. The the Holy Father said yesterday, or on Sunday in the homily, that He gives everybody talents. But He said, the greatest talent, and it's one He gives to everyone, is what? Charity. And if we don't develop that that talent, the other ones are no good. So what really makes us go forward in holiness is the, the talent of charity being exercised and then everything else in relation to that. So that, I just wanted to you know, bring that to mind as we go forward. Let us live in charity with God and with one another.
0: Okay. <laughs> no. no, no we're we're it okay. okay, so I'm gonna begin with what Pope Benedict said the last section, the sword of St. Paul, our Pope tells us, in front of St. Peter's Basilica, there stand two great statues of St. Peter and Paul, which are easily identifiable. St. Peter holds keys in his hands and Paul instead holds a sword. One who is unfamiliar with the story of the latter might think he is a great captain who commanded powerful armies and subjected peoples and nations with the sword, procuring for himself fame and riches by others' blood. Instead, it is exactly the opposite. The sword he holds is the instrument with which Paul was put to death, with which he underwent martyrdom and shed his own blood. His battle was not one of violence and of war, but of martyrdom for Christ. His only weapon was the proclamation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2 His preaching was not based on plausible words and wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. He dedicated his life to spreading the gospel's message of reconciliation and peace, spending all his energy in order that it might resound to the very ends of the earth. And this was his strength, St. Paul's. He did not seek a tranquil, comfortable life, far from difficulties and contradictions. Rather, he wore himself out for the sake of the gospel. He gave himself entirely and without reserve. And in this way, he became the great messenger of Christ's peace and reconciliation. The sword that St. Paul holds also recalls the power of truth, which can often wound, can hurt. The Apostle remained faithful to this truth to the end. He served it. He suffered for it. He gave over his life for it. This same logic holds true also for us, If we want to be bearers of the kingdom of peace announced by the prophet Zechariah and fulfilled by Christ. Now this last sentence we all must memorize. We must seal it in our hearts. Our Pope tells us, We must be willing to pay personally to suffer in the first person misunderstanding, Rejection, persecution. It is not the sword of the conqueror that builds peace, but the sword of the sufferer, of he who knows how to give his very life.
2: Wow. Paul no. like, like Paul.
0: Now, when we hear this, it's really amazing and exciting. And we see and can be confirmed that what our Lord is drawing with his little mustard seed is absolutely and truly the work of the Holy Spirit. And we must be in awe and thanksgiving. Because our Lord has been speaking to us also of the sword. And here come these words from our Pope, the Vicar of Jesus Christ. This is what our Lord said concerning the sword the most recent, November 12th. He said, Believe that the sword of this mission will conquer the dragon. At that moment, the Holy Spirit immediately placed in my mind David and Goliath. Then, our Lord continued after communion in the Blessed Sacrament. And this is, he's speaking concerning David and Goliath. Our Lord says, How could it be that the little one who could not wear the armor of the mighty warriors defeats the giant?" The ways of God are never the ways of the world. He was wearing the armor of God, and he possessed the power of God. He trusted in God with the innocence of a child. God defeated the enemy through his humble vessel so that all glory is given to God, not man. The enemy will be conquered, And all things will be made new, but never in the ways of the world. God has chosen to give the sword of righteousness to his little mustard seed. Us. The sword of the mission is the power of God that will pierce and conquer the dragon. Our Lord is speaking about the mission being given to us. He calls it the sword of the mission. You must remain little, insignificant, and innocent, drinking the pure milk of the words I bring to you. Now we'll read that from 1 Peter chapter 2. Believe my little ones Believe that the God of heaven and earth has chosen you for the decisive battle. Believe in the humble instrument God has chosen to hold the sword of the mission and the priest to protect it. Now I have to tell you, I came very close to eliminating that sentence and not sharing that sentence with you today. (laughs)
1: <laughs> double torture <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll continue a minute <laughs> I'll come back to that okay. we'll come back to this I'm just, okay. I want to read the whole text okay. the, whole, what, the words of our Lord and then we'll go back and discuss it and this will be online later okay I, I will put it I will give it all to you okay. live with the innocence of a child the mission given to you belittle Pure and humble, be nothing, and it is I who will do the impossible. Trust with the innocence of a child. Notice in this how many times our Lord has used the word innocence. Follow my son and daughter that I have chosen to lead with the innocence of a child, for you are nothing, but I am God and I will use my little ones to confound the mighty ones of the world. Believe in the power of my cross and the power of my precious blood. For it is only through the triumph of my cross that all darkness will be conquered. Live, love, and suffer as one with me and you become the sword that will pierce this darkness.
2: Okay. Amen. It
3: reminds me of Father talking about being knowing uh-huh. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that if we're just small we'll fly to the radio. The Holy, the
1: Holy Father speaks in this same homily about being the Anawim, and says Jesus is only the King, only King of the Anawim. Because <laughs> so see that, what is innocence? Does that mean that we're kind of stupid and we don't discern? No. But the problem is that when you have a control of your life and you are used to using your intellect to have your way anything that God teaches you can blow it away that's what happened with the Pharisees it's a specific example that we see in the Gospels Um, you know he will cure on Sabbath and they will not even see what God is doing they'll be arguing you know but is this against the law it's supposed to not be on Sabbath and on and on uh, they will go with him with a uh, uh, with a woman caught in adultery. But the the essential problem there is they were lacking charity. They were lacking love. And once that is missing, there is no pure intention. So I think that purity and this childlikeness that the that the Lord is talking about has to do with a heart that is pure, um, pure love so that we can take the word without uh, complicating ourselves. Um, St. Ignatius used to say that when you hear uh, a teaching, even when it is from, your, from somebody who, who is um, not completely in the faith, like you're debating with somebody, always try to understand what they're saying in the most positive way that it can be understood. Instead of trying to imagine that he's saying, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? You know, you when you hear a statement, you can you can interpret it in many different ways. So I'll try to interpret it in the way that is most possible, charitable, the most charitable, and the most possible to fit with orthodoxy. You know. Um, uh, m- how can I give you an example, if um, if I say um, we must be little and pure and insignificant, what well, does that mean? That we should not uh, study, that we should not have degrees and you know this community is, a, is, a, is against uh, education, you, you see what I'm saying, you, you can take anything and and put it, in, twist it into an interpretation That, and, but then you have to, is that really what it was intended? Not at all. So you have to see in all things how the devil can want to take the interpretation out of context and to really see, well in charity, how can this be understood in line with the teaching of the church in a way that it could be salvaged. You know? And I think the Lord is saying uh, um, it is through this little, is through the pure that I'm going to do my work. And, and the power of my sword is going to be manifested. Just like it happened with David. And uh, now... Um...
0: D- David and Goliath is very significant. Mm-hmm. Because if you, if you think a minute, there was an army of really big, strong guys. <laughs> they had all, all, all the, the, well, the the, the the army, you know, fighting against them. They had all the armor. They had all the weapons. <coughs> and they couldn't defeat the giant. And here comes the the one that's, you know, with a slingshot. <laughs> I mean, think about this. <laughs> and he defeats... The giant, what's our Lord saying? Okay, we, there is a giant in our time also. Mm-hmm. There is a darkness, Satan, this giant of Satan, this evil is taken over the world. Father Jordy recently show, showed um, some of us this DVD that I just ordered three of called Agenda
1: yeah
0: everyone has to see this because when you see this dvd you're going to understand and you're going to see very clearly the giant and you're going to understand why our lord is speaking to us like this okay we are like david and the ways of god you know god hasn't changed he continues to use i mean look at the apparition saint Bernard. and he always he loves to use The little ones. The little ones. (laughs) The ones people see as the, you know, the not very smart ones, the, you know, the, he loves to do that. The
3: ones that get written
0: off. The ones that get written off. My brothers and sisters, that's who we are. Okay? And we have to maintain ourselves little and insignificant. We have to see ourselves like David. But my brothers and sisters, David is given that slingshot. And, he, and that's what our Lord is saying. No! The giant is going down. Okay? And But it's, he's not going to go down with the ways of the world. So God and our Blessed Mother is raising up their army. And this is the army of their mar, martyrs of love. Look at the words of Pope Benedict. Look at what he's saying about St. Paul. He's Specifically says, his battle was not one of violence and of war, but of martyrdom for Christ. That's us. Now, the other thing I wanted to speak to you about was when our Lord uses the words, the the milk, the pure milk. Now, I want to read to you a minute, 1 Peter chapter 2, what it says here. It says, Rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk, so that through it you may grow into salvation, for you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to Him, a living stone rejected by human beings, but chosen and precious in the sight of God. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You see, that's us. We have to become That perfect sacrifice in Jesus Christ, one with the word of the cross. And our Lord is saying, drink the milk, the spiritual milk of the words I'm bringing to you in this family. And this morning I was in the Blessed Sacrament really pondering these words because I will share with you, a few months ago, our Lord gave me personally some very serious words and he said to me personally do not hide behind the mirror of false humility and I you know he places the fear of the Lord in my heart very strongly and what our Lord was saying is that I'm asking something of you and here he now brings to my heart Milk. Well, this is very significant for me personally because I have eight children. I nursed all my children. When my childbearing years came to an end that I've talked about in other talks on spiritual motherhood, I went through a deep, deep mourning because it came really fast. And some of the most... Um, incredible experiences for me in my personal life was all the moments that I was nursing I loved nursing and the thought that I would never nurse and have that baby against my breast and give him milk and her was very difficult for me I went through a very difficult time in my life a morning but God is amazing Because it's at that time that he begins to give me a deeper understanding of spiritual motherhood. Like he began to show me eight is nothing. You can have much more spiritual children. Now he begins to speak about milk. And what our Lord is asking of me is to truly be, I see all of you in Jesus Christ as my brothers and sisters, but I also see you as my sons and daughters. That I, I just, I, I love you that way. And I suffer, you know, with each of you. And our Lord is saying, I want you to nurse this community. I want you to give this community the milk, the spiritual milk of the words I'm giving you. And it's been very hard for me because for years, I did not do it. And Father Jordy knows. But the words of our Pope recently in this homily really gave me courage because our Pope, when he says to us, you have to be willing to suffer personally, being misunderstood,
1: being misunderstood,
0: being rejected, because in my heart, I know that when I follow the Lord and I do what he's saying, I speak the words he's asking me to speak, I'm going to be misunderstood. We are going to be misunderstood. And yet, the Pope's words gave me courage. Because I have, and Father has, and each of you have to do what God is calling each of us to do. So I have to have the courage. And I also thought this morning in in the Blessed Sacrament that when you're nursing, you have to expose yourself. And I have to be willing to expose the depths of my heart to you. But also, when an infant is nursing, it's that innocence of a child that can accept and receive the milk of its mother. So each of you in this community have to look deep into your hearts. And you have to ask your question to your, you know, with to yourself and before the Lord. Do I want to receive the milk that you, our Lord is giving this family through this insignificant vessel? Or do I want to reject the milk and not receive this milk? That's your choice. And that's something everybody has to, to ask themselves in this community because to be in this community, I feel you need to be able you know, to have the desire from the Holy Spirit to receive this milk. And um if in your heart you're saying, No, this is not the milk I want, that's okay, but then maybe you're being called somewhere else. I'm being I mean very honest with you. Because I will tell you, Peter says that he he mentions some things here. Rid yourselves of all malice and of all deceit, insincerity, envy, and all slander. And today's gospel that I was reading, because you read the, another, the gospel, but today, in today's gospel, our Lord speaks of, um, they were murmuring because he brought in, um, the tax collector into his home and the other ones were, the, were murmuring. And how can Jesus bring that sinner into their home? Now, I was thinking about that today, too, from everything we've learned in this community. And I thought, how different, think about this a minute, would it have been that instead of murmuring among themselves, if they would have had the courage and the transparency to go directly to Jesus and say, You know, Jesus? We do not understand what you're doing. I mean, this, this, this is the man that's collecting our taxes, that's making life difficult for us, and you are having a great time with him, you know, dining with him. Why? Do, do you see the difference? That is healing. But when they don't have the courage to go directly and be transparent with our Lord, then they murmur among themselves, And in murmuring, Satan always comes in and he divides. And I'm telling you this, my family, because this can happen in this family also. I think most of us have grown up in dysfunctional families. And in dysfunctional families, the way you communicate most of the time is through murmuring. Because in dysfunctional families, we do not, we are not transparent in humility, in respect, and speak straightforward with one another, with great love and humility. That's a functional family. Our Lord has been healing us, and He wants this family of all the different walks of life to have that kind of love and respect with one another. That if Sandra says something, and I thought that was a little off, instead of murmuring, I can go to Sandra and I can say, Sandra... You know, what were you saying? You see? That, our Lord, the Holy Spirit, that will always bring unity, understanding, love. That's very important for our family to grow in what God wants us to do. Because we, you know, do not be deceived, my family. Satan is trying to get into this family like every other family. He is trying to divide and he will do it that way. So I got off the subject of the sword a little, but I felt, I think, the Spirit moved me to say that to you. Um, <laughs> do you want to add anything? <laughs>
1: yes, we we need to, to pray for her because this is very, very difficult for her um, for years now. <clears throat> She has been struggling because she she feels if if I go forward with this, it's going to be a, a lot of attacks and who does she think she is, and uh, you know um, misinterpretation of what is being said and um, and fear. The other day, I was listening to a tape by Kimberly Hun, the hus- the wife of uh, Scott Hun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And at one point she started speaking about the amazing trust that a person needs to have to enter into marriage. And I really thought you know, from especially from the perspective of a woman, she meets this man, is not even part of her family, and starts getting acquainted with this man, and coming to a point where she has to trust so much. I mean, think about the words of the rite of marriage. And then she chuckled and she said, you know, good thing we do it when we're very young. Probably we'll never do this. (laughs) I mean, the words are so amazing. In good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, uh, for better or for worse, all the days of our lives, and you are putting your whole life in the most complete way into the hands of another person. And that person can betray you. And that person can stab you in the back. And you do it, and you know what? God wants it that way. Without that trust, without that leap of vulnerability, there simply will not be marriage. You see that? Is it any less... In consecrated life? Is it any less? Uh, of course, even in marriage, uh, God is always first. And God forbid, if that husband demands something that is opposite to to morality, the wife has to have the good sense of saying, No, that's horrible. I'll never do that. Right? So she doesn't lose her discernment. But she's definitely exposing herself and... I'm trusting tremendously when she enters into marriage, and he also with her. So, think about how important trust is, and how difficult. Because, that's why the Holy Father says, it takes you into suffering, into vul- vulnerability, is the openness to what? The openness to be exposed, to be hurt. And once you've been hurt a couple times in life, The most normal thing is to put very big defenses, and I say, I'm not trusting anybody else anymore. I've had it. But with that attitude, God cannot work with us. You know what the Lord says? You know, I died on the cross, crucified. You're talking about being loved, crucified? It's Jesus. And for love of Him, you have to say, yes, Lord, one more time. I expose myself to be crucified. I'm going to trust. You know, we're going to go forward not losing our discernment, not losing our criteria, but, but submitting it to the Lord in purity and in openness. And if you really, uh, like I've been for intensely, intensely looking at what the Lord has been teaching us, and it's all about turning to Him. I mean, uh, we, I never, so. ha- we never have heard any word saying, uh, I want your bank accounts, and you know, uh, I'm going to tell you what mm-hmm. to do about your personal life in the sense of you know uh, acquiring uh, power, domination over you, or anything—it's all very profound, but it's all about going to Jesus, being pure, being holy. It's—it's it's a very powerful message, but it's not about—it's um, not about any other thing, but to things that we can really verify by going into the heart of the teaching of the church, if we want to, and that—that that is our guarantee.
0: So that's a- our our Lord is truly. Making us saints. And I have to tell you, he speaks to us so much in terms of battle. I mean, if you look at the message, the the words decisive battle have been coming for a long time. I mean, this is so serious. I can't stress it enough. You must ponder what our Lord is saying. It has nothing to do with me or Father. Mm -hmm. Everyone I see in this family that goes deeply into what our Lord is saying Mm -hmm. and into what the, the church is saying, what our Pope is saying, what Scripture is saying, I am seeing transformed before my eyes. They might have a love for me and a love for Father and a love for their brothers and sisters, but I will tell you, I'm seeing them madly in love with our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm seeing them come. And our Lord is preparing us as his warriors. He's dressing us. And this is serious because he is telling us now, you must understand what he's telling us about the sword. This last line, I'm going to send, you're all going to have this so you can read it carefully, but look at this last line because before we go, I'm going to give you one more words that goes to explain this last line. Our Lord says, live, love, and suffer as one with me. And you become the sword that will pierce this darkness. Now, listen to these words from November 2nd. Our Lord says, I'm forming you as my warriors of love. He's preparing us for battle. He has few. But the few have to respond fully, for the giant has to be defeated. Our Lord says, The armor you put on is to protect you from being overcome and conquered by the enemy. But your sword is what has the power to pierce the enemy and conquer it. Our way of life that Father Geordi has worked so much in our website, that way of life, is our armor. That is to help protect us so that we are not conquered by this darkness. But the sword, think about a soldier. What is it that conquers? What is it that pierces? It's the sword. Our Lord says, now he goes back to a teaching we had a few weeks ago, to put on the armor of light to put on your Lord Jesus Christ, that's from Romans 13, is to become the sword of the Spirit. I have been leading you through the passage of union with your crucified, union with the word of the cross. It is in this union in which you enter your crucified, beginning at the foot of the cross with Mary, that your lives become The sword of the spirit. These are the warriors that will fight the decisive battle and have the power of God to conquer the dragon. I desire each of you to become one with the sword of the spirit through my cross. And I want to give you an example Of something that happened a while back in our Seneca. At the end of the Seneca, you know how sometimes we pray over one another. Well, I was we were a few of us were praying over Zilkia. Remember? Now, this is before Zilkia was diagnosed with the cancer. This is before we had received any words about the sword, and that the sword has become so significant for our family. And we were all praying over Zilkia and interiorly our Lord gave me the image of Zilkia as a sword. And I thought to myself, this is, this is a little strange. <laughs> and she was a sword, gold and bright as can be. And my sense inside was this sword can pierce any darkness. And it was Zilkia. And I hesitated because I thought, you know how you pray and you hesitate? You know, I'm not going to say it. You know, how many of you, you know? <laughs> but I, I told her, thank God I did because it was very significant. I said, Zilkia, I don't know why, but I have to tell you what I saw interiorly where you became the sword. <laughs> and we left it at that. After that, Zilkia is diagnosed with cancer. And in one of these, a few, you know, I don't know what. When you were in, we'll say it, of uh, uh, how you felt the power of the sword.
2: See, See. You See.
0: You say it, say Yeah, <laughs> yeah <it's all> right. <laughs> Because it was very significant. You
3: mean at the hospital with the yeah. people?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: okay. I, you cut me off,
0: Corey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just that it's hard to explain, you know? I, I just felt that, um, just to be, just to be, just to, uh, like being at the hospital with, with, with the nurses and the people and, and meeting so many different people, I just felt
3: like God's power. It wasn't
0: me, it was God's power. Almost as if it, there was this, like, light shining through, His light shining through me toward everybody. It's really hard I don't even know how to explain. Uh, but but I, I think that's what that was. She experienced within herself being the sword of the Spirit. Look at the words of our Pope. It's not the sword of the conqueror. It's the sword of the sufferer. The sword of the sufferer is Jesus Christ crucified. When we unite with the word of the cross, we become... The sword, one with the sword of the sufferer that can pierce the darkness. So all of these teachings on becoming the sword of the spirit is very important. So I I even included for you the words a few weeks ago on, because our Lord came back to these words on the words of Saint Paul when he says, put on the armor of light, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, because it is in that way that we become. The sword to pierce this darkness. If
3: I may share some things that... um, Love. uh, If I may share some things that that I think have been put Mm. on my heart tonight. Um, It stayed with me when you talked about... um, That to love, we must be exposed. That we have to be vulnerable. And that took me back to my you know, age when I was a teenager. You know, and... And um, and that I was discerning, you know, whether I wanted to marry or whether I wanted to go into the priesthood. And I think at, at that young age, I mean, I had a very naive view of of what it was to be a Christian and, and what it, and what our relationship to God
2: was. And I remember thinking, as one of my criteria, of thinking because I had been
3: hurt in many past relationships, and I remember thinking, well. You know, one of the benefits of of becoming a priest is that, well, God won't hurt you, right? God won't make you suffer in that way, whereas somebody can betray you and hurt you when you get married. But I I don't think that's true today, where where I'm thinking because when we expose ourselves to love, we're vulnerable, as you said. And and don't tell me that Mary wasn't vulnerable. Mm -hmm. She suffered greatly. Mm -hmm. Because of of her choice to give herself her fiat. Mm-hmm. and and don't tell me that that Job in the Bible didn't suffer, mm-hmm. and don't tell me that Paul and Peter didn't suffer, because they suffered as a result of their complete love for the Lord,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: and and like you're saying, Zokia, that you become a light for others, like Mary was, like Peter and Paul were. Like Job were was, you know, like they all were. When, when you look through their lives and you see the love that they had for Christ, for God, and and when I was, um, when I was, uh, when we were in adoration here after after communion, when I I had the vision of uh, I was thinking of of the droughts that there have been in Texas and in Oklahoma and, and how it's so dry and and a lot of times. When everything is so dry, there is there are flash fires. And there's fires that spread um, and consume everything that's dry, and and I saw us all as a dry, barren land, waiting to be consumed by the fire of the Holy Spirit, you. and that the day will come when we will be consumed by this fire. But what happens after the fire is that the the ash becomes fertile soil Mm -hmm. and that fertile soil gives birth to new life Mm -hmm. and and so I just I wanted to share that with you because I think it it relates to what you shared now about about us allowing ourselves to be the sword
1: amen Mm -hmm. I hear several key things to remember about the sword Um, one that, uh, that's been mentioned both by Lourdes and the Holy Father's Homily, is truth. The other one is love for the love unto the cross truth and, and love and um, the willingness for the truth and for love to lay down your life and suffer. Um, so I think that's that is the sword is when you're humble, seeking the truth, willing to, to love unto the cross, you become with Jesus the, the sword of the Spirit, the power of God comes through you in your in that humility. And that's our vocation. And, and see that as opposed to the savvy of the Pharisees who had all these abilities of the intellect to... Manipulate their words to stop and to block the effect of the sword of the spirit in them because they, they just did not want to become vulnerable, you know. And, uh, and in the name of religion, they knew how to always uh, evade the power of the sword.
2: Not only that, I think that when we evade the power of the sword we go growing into hatred, and more and more evil, I mean, when we think about it, they were growing every step that were like more distant from the truth, which was our Lord, and from receiving Mm -hmm. what they needed to receive, they grew in hatred towards the Lord. I mean, we're not talking about like any human being. We're talking about God incarnate they were having that resentment and that rejection against the truth that was presented to them. The more they rejected, the worse they got, to the point they couldn't coexist together. They had to kill him. Yeah. So um, that is a nature in, in, in humanity that when we reject the truth, we're not just going to stay like that. We are going to embrace the opposite of truth, which is the darkness, And and then it's like that's when evil really takes over us, and we can be as vulnerable as any person. So we have to be aware of that. I mean, in in my heart, I feel that the most important thing is to keep Father the innocence of a child, because a child doesn't fall into that as long, as long as he keep he keeps his innocence. Because children can be very.
0: And, and what like has the story been, as well. yeah. And what has been one of the ploys of Satan is to take away the innocence of children at a very young age, right? So you see how Satan works.
1: And Jesus is calling us to suffer what He suffered. That's what the Holy Father is saying. You will be uh, misunderstood. You will be rejected. Uh, these things that happen to me are going to happen to you. So my first reaction is, whoa, I don't want to go there. I don't want to get into into a, into a way of life, into a, a Christian mode that is going to become a target for that kind of persecution. I, you know, And I think this has been a temptation for us for a while. You know, It's, just that we it's don't kind want, of a delaying it. Yeah, I, I don't want that. It's you know, be inevitable. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into this all this attacks and things, you know. Let's just have a little more safety safety net, you know. <laughs> and now the Lord is saying, no, you know. It's, um, let me. Uh, did I tell you about this, the tsunami and uh, and going into the deep, just very briefly. This happened, and did I say? Did I say this last time? Well, yeah. very briefly. This is very good. In Washington, um, Terry. Was a, it's a well, mother of the uh, uh, That's right. no, it's a community. It's in the community of Mother God. She went to their prayer to the prayer group of Mother God, and she gave this testimony that she felt the Lord saying to us what He already said through John Paul II: "Go into the deep. You have to do it now. Uh, we can't remain in the shore where you touch bottom." and basking into a comfortable Christianity, where you're basically in control, but you want to have the Christian environment around you, because um, the times are so urgent, the Lord wants us to go with Him into the deep. So I took that, and this is a wonderful message, and I went to the Blessed Sacrament after that, and I was there for a long time, and I kept on getting a very different message. The Lord was saying to me, a tsunami is coming, the deeps coming to you, <laughs> and, yeah. It's like a tsunami is coming. And I, what I was having is these images of when I was in the Dominican Republic um, with the sisters, and uh, uh, we were on the beach and on uh, sh- the shore, kind of touching bottom. And this suddenly, this undertow started pushing us uh, into the deep. But it was the depth of death. It was it was like a, a current that was taking us to kill us. So I said, Lord, you're talking about going into the deep of life. And what I'm getting is another message. Now I'm getting a message of this tsunami or this undertow taking us into, into, into death. And then I realize it's both. What the Lord is saying is, the situation of the world is, is such that you cannot stay basking in the shore, touching bottom and being in control and having a mediocre, nice Christianity. A tsunami is coming. And it's going to take everybody in this undertow into the currents of paganism, into darkness, into the waste of the world. The only salvation is to go to Jesus Christ and go into the deep with Him. And do it now. I mean, go into the deep with Christ. And so it's like um, cold or hot, but the blue worm are going to be spit out. So uh, we, if we want to remain in Christ, in the conditions of today, and i not going to the apostasy of the world, the darkness of the world. We have to go into the deep. And that's why John Paul II, the great shepherd, was saying to his sheep, do this, you know, go into the deep. It's time, it's urgent for all of us to to get to receive this message and respond. Um, because the structures in which we are relying are not longer going to be there. Uh, the supports of the system, of judicial systems, the education system, the police, and so on, are turning more and more against us. Mm. And so we don't have that comfort anymore. Our only comfort is going to be the Lord. So, I um, mean, this crisis of times, the good news is the Lord is raising up His mighty army, And we have to be warriors and we have to wield the sword of the, the, you know, for the fight. Being one with Christ, you know, and not being afraid. Praise God.